You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We're going to be in Luke chapter 5 this morning. If you take your Bibles and turn with me uh, to Luke chapter 5, I'd appreciate that. And as you're turning there, my wife and I and our family will celebrate, I know the Coopers as well, two years next month. And I just want to say from my heart to yours, thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for the way that you have loved and received us and uh, accepted us. And God not only brought us and placed us here and planted us here, but he's now rooted us here. And I am so honored to serve the Lord, so honored to serve the Lord with each one of you, and I love you deeply. I've got a a, a friend of mine uh, who served uh, at his home church for 10 years after he graduated from Bible college and served with his mom and dad, and then he moved away and served at another church. And after a couple years, somebody said, you don't talk about being happy here all all the time. How come you don't do that? He said, well, I've got a mother and father back home. And if I'm always talking about how thrilled I am to be here and serving here, I might hurt somebody's feelings back home. But I hope that you know from the depths of our heart how much we deeply love and appreciate you. And this past over a year now with COVID has just uh, deepened our appreciation and awe of the people of North Valley Baptist Church. And I trust that you know that. And uh, we are so grateful for how that you have loved us and cared for us so well. We're in Luke chapter 5. If you're able to stand for respect out of the word of God, let's do so. And also because this is a fishing story, and I just think some of you need to have a little more respect for fishermen. As we're going to look at a fisherman and some fishermen this morning. I thought I'd get an amen right there. How come that was a poor amen, Brother Brown? I thought I'd get a shout out over here. Brother Gonzalez, maybe over here. But... uh, Somebody said, are you preaching this morning? I said, no, I'm going to tell a fishing story from the Bible. So it'll be a, we'll have a good time together. Anytime you hear a fishing story, it's a good story. Can I get a witness right there? All right, good. Just making sure you're awake this morning. Luke chapter 5, let's look down beginning in verse 1. It came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. Jesus has now performed uh, the, marriage in, uh, the, the, miracle the, uh, the miracle at the marriage in Cana of Galilee. He's healed the nobleman's son. And uh, he's, he's gaining influence, and people are following and listening. And, uh, and yet, uh, we, we see him take some deeper steps now with the disciples who become apostles. And he trains them for the next three and a half years to become the early church leaders. And uh, they literally turned the known, their known world upside down for Christ in their generation. And so this is a powerful text as you study the impact that Peter's life had for the gospel of Christ. And we're going to try to get full swing here this morning. And so now they're at the, 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 the Lake Gennesaret. This is uh, the Sea of Galilee. It's also called Tiberias in the Old Testament, Chinneroth. The Bible says in verse 2, And he saw two ships standing by the lake, and the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. There's... The first statement Jesus asks him of him, and the first request, and he, he sat down and taught the people out of the ship, and now when he had left speaking, he sa- uh, said to Simon, launch out into the deep. And so he's finished teaching, and now he has another request here, and let down your nets for a drop. That word drop means a, a catching, if you would. And Simon, I love verse 5, answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night 
and have taken nothing. Now that's a discouraging fishing story right there. Uh, spending any time out fishing and coming up empty-handed is disappointing. But then he says this, Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And if you don't mind underlining or circling or marking in your Bible, there's five words I want to draw your attention to that will be the thrust of this message. And, and uh, I'll, I'll help you understand in just a few minutes. But it's the words, at thy word I will. At thy word I will. That's my heart's desire for you and I this morning, that we would come to the Word of God, that it would be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. At thy word, I will let down the net. You know, years ago, there was a let down your nets offering back in the mid-1990s, and the people of God were obedient to the Lord, and because of that offering, we have Golden State Baptist College today. And I'm thankful to think of the numbers of graduates who are serving the Lord up and down our state, across the country, and around the globe because of a faithful and obedient people who are willing to launch out of the deep and let down their nets. And now I think of the catching of fish that are taking place, the people of God that are coming to Christ today in various ministries around the globe because of the faithful members of North Valley Baptist Church. You are to be commended. Look at verse 6, if you would, and when they had this done... They enclosed a great multitude of fishes in their net break, and they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ships, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships. Now, one ship was full. Jesus stepped on board. And now we have two boats full of fish. And uh, they began to sink. And Simon Peter saw it and fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished all that were with him at the drought of fishes which they had taken. And so was also James, the son of John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Let's bow for prayer this morning. Father in heaven, I love your people. I pray that God, you would this moment convey to our pastor how deeply he's loved Mrs. Treber, Miss, the Feneras, their family. Keep them safe and bring them back to us soon. And I pray, God, that you convey to your people how deeply loved they are by the pastoral staff here as well. And God, I pray that you would do a working in our hearts. I know this is a very familiar passage, but I pray that it would come alive this morning and it would be something used of you to stir our hearts anew and afresh, that we would be obedient to thee. For we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach a message this morning entitled, The School of Life. The School of of life. Years ago, I had the privilege to officiate a, a funeral, and uh, the church I pastored over 19 years was across the street. It was out in the country from a beautiful cemetery, and I got to know the man who ran the cemetery, and we advertised that we were a living church in a dead area. No, we didn't do that, but we thought about it, and, uh, and so they would ask me to officiate services from time to time for people that uh, didn't have a pastor, and being there in the city and the surrounding cities, uh, I, I got to know one of the men who ran two out of the three uh, funeral homes in the city. And, uh, man, there's some feedback on some birds back here. I couldn't tell what that noise was for a moment. And uh, we got a nest back here. Can you, can you all hear that nest of birds chirping? All right. I thought it was just me. Anyhow, so I was asked from time to time to perform these uh, services. And so I particularly got a hold of this family, got to know the family, got to ask some questions and such like. And while the man came to know the Lord Jesus as his Savior, he didn't really live for the Lord and the family needed a pastor, and it was an opportunity to share the gospel and be a testimony 
uh, in the family's life, and so I agreed to officiate the service, and, and I got there, and uh, sure enough, they wanted to play a song by Frank Sinatra called, I Did It My Way. And I got to thinking about that. We should have Brother Kissel come sing that as a special for us before the service. I saw him back over here. But uh, I got to thinking about that. You know, in life, if we're not careful, we just kind of do things our way. And Peter goes through the school of life. He actually gets schooled by a school of fish. And he learns a number of life lessons. The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. And Peter's learning some important life lessons. He had toiled all the night and had taken nothing. He's empty-handed. And I believe he was the kind of person that wanted to attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. But Jesus hasn't stepped into his vessel as of late. And so we find ourselves in this text with Peter empty-handed after fishing literally all night long. Many years ago, we had a men and boys camping trip, and we uh, took a group of men to Pewter Creek, and I had secured a... Uh, uh, a, a, a camping location that was uh, off from everybody else. It was its own campsite for our church and the men and boys of the church. And we had a couple of days, Thursday night, Friday night, and we'd had a wonderful time. Men enjoyed getting away, getting out in the hills a little bit and uh, getting away from all the technology and enjoying nature, God's creation and whatnot. The only problem was we didn't catch any fish. I mean, it was terrible. And... Uh, the Friday night, Thursday night, nothing. Friday, nothing. Saturday morning, we're up, nothing. And we're about ready to pack up. And we've even started packing a little bit. We still have our poles in the water there and such like. And I was feeling it for the men and the boys and feeling like a failure. You know, here I had and promoted this trip. And we had a great time, good time of fellowship. Played some games, some footballs, threw some frisbees, some baseballs and whatnot. And, and yet they were going home without any fish. And I'd spent some time that morning really asking God for a miracle and sure enough, out of nowhere, right before we left, man, the lines lit up. And I'm telling you, for an hour to an hour and a half, we couldn't stop reeling in the fish. We ended up catching over 47 fish within about an hour period of time. And it was unbelievable to me how things changed so very quickly. I come to find out that they had stocked the river just north of us the day before. And that school of fish had come by at that particular time. And uh, boy, everything changed. But I, I attribute it to the prayer and uh, God uh, answering that prayer. Peter is going to experience the same thing in our text. He's gone empty-handed. Without Christ's intervention, he's going to go home empty-handed. And yet, we see that Peter not only uh, gets this great catch of fish, this great haul of fish, but then he makes a life-changing decision because of the goodness of God, and he chooses to follow Christ with his life. Bible tells us in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way. He couldn't do life his way. He couldn't live life his way. He had to live life God's way. There is a world out, the, uh, out of this property here today that, that, that many are living life their way. They're not seeing the touch of God upon their life because they're living the way they think they should live. There are many religions today who are kind of believing things according to what they want to believe and, and they're doing things their way. And yet Jesus said in John 15, 5, For without me ye can do nothing. And Peter came up at the short end of the stick after uh, fishing all night without the presence of Christ. But Jesus is coming by and he's about to change everything. Amen. 
And I'm excited this morning to be reminded of the fact to everything there's a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. And I'd like to say, hey, Peter, hold your horses because God is going to make all things beautiful in his time. And I want you to notice some truth with me this morning from our text. I want you to notice, first of all, in verse number one, a hunger for righteousness. The people were pressing upon Jesus to hear the word of God. And I'm reminded this morning that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And I'm reminded of Matthew 5, 6, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I'm reminded this morning of Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let us hear the conclusion. He says, or let us consider one another to provoke to love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I'm submitting to you that in 2021, Unlike any other year, there needs to be a group of God's people that want to get to God's house to hear the word of God. We're living in a day and an hour where because of COVID restrictions, churches have become lax. And I'm so thankful to be a part of North Valley Baptist Church where the people of God want to get to the house of God and hear the word of God proclaimed and heralded forth. I want you to notice with me a hunger for righteousness in verse number one. But in verse 2 and 3, I want you to see with me a handy resource. We come to verse 2 and 3, and Jesus comes along, and he sees two vessels that are empty. And Jesus enters Peter's boat, and he tells him, Hey, I want you to thrust out a little from the land. Now, Jesus had a choice to make. Which vessel was he going to enter? And he chose Simon Peter's. May I submit to you this morning, you and I have to determine what kind of vessel we're going to be for the Lord. Are we going to be an empty vessel that Jesus can fill? Are we going to be a vessel that Jesus can use? I'm reminded of what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, verse 20 and 21. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If any man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. North Valley Baptist Church, you're a great house. You're a great church. You're a great people. But every one of us individually have to make the determining factor this morning if we're going to choose to become empty vessels or we're going to be filled with self. When God looks at your life this morning, what does He see? Does He see a vessel that He desires to enter and fill and use? I read a poem years ago. I'm sure you've heard it. But I want to read it for you this morning. It's got such a powerful message. It's titled, Searching for a Vessel. The master was searching for a vessel to use. On the shelf there were many. Which one would he choose? Take me, cried the gold one. I'm shiny and bright. I'm of great value. I do things just right. My beauty and luster will outshine the rest. And for someone like you, master gold would be the best. Unheeding, the master passed on to the brass. It was wide-mouthed and shallow and polished like glass. Here, here, cried the vessel, I know I will do. Place me on your table for all men to view. Look at me, cried the goblet of crystal so clear. My transparency shows my content so dear. Though fragile I am, I will serve you with pride, and I'm sure I'll be happy your house to abide. The master came next to a vessel of wood, polished and carved. It solidly stood. 
You may use me, dear master, the wooden bowl said, but I'd rather you use me for fruit and not for bread. Then the master looked down and saw a vessel of clay, empty and broken, it helplessly lay. No hope had the vessel the master might choose to cleanse, to make whole, to fill, and to use. Ah, this is the vessel I've been hoping to find. I will mend it and use it and make it all mine. I need not the vessel with pride in itself, nor the one who is narrow to sit on the shelf, nor the one that is big mouth and shallow and loud, nor the one who displays his content so proud, not the one who thinks he can do all things just right, but this plain earthly vessel filled with my power and my might. Then gently he lifted the vessel of clay, mended and cleansed it and filled it that day, spoke to it kindly, there's work you must do. Just pour out to others as I pour into you. Peter is at the end of his rope. He has fished and toiled all night. And yet Jesus shows up and steps onto his vessel. How's your vessel this morning? Maybe you're here and you say, Brother Everton, my life is broken and damaged. I've got so many obstacles and heartaches and problems in life. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus is an expert at mending lives and repairing broken dreams. We ought not only notice a hunger for righteousness and a handy resource, but as we come to verse 4, we see an honest request. Jesus says, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. When Jesus finished preaching and teaching, then he asked Peter to launch out into the deep. This is the second request. And here we see that after Jesus requests him to thrust out, a little. You know, that was a, an amazing feat because honestly, the hillside was curved. Jesus has entered Peter's vessel and they've thrust out a little and now there's some water between Jesus and the people on the shore. This was a natural amphitheater. Jesus being the creator God of the universe, he knew that. And as he began to teach and preach that day, the water uh, would uh, transfer his voice to the people who were on a sloped hillside there and after Jesus finishes teaching and spends some time teaching the Word of God, now he tells Peter, launch out into the deep. And may I say this morning, after you and I hear the Word of God, there is a requirement that comes from God to your heart and mind, and that is to respond in a greater way uh, to what we've already heard and what we've already learned. Just as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that they may grow hereby. But the carnal Christians in 1 Corinthians 3 had spent some time in life and they were supposed to be growing, but they were still on the shallow milk of the word of God and hadn't moved into the meat of the word of God. And may I submit to you that the Bible talks about the deep things of God in 1 Corinthians 2.10 and Psalm 92 and verse 5 says, O Lord, how great are thy works and thy thoughts are very deep. And Peter is growing at this moment as he's moving from the shallows and into the deep. And I would submit to you today, we need some Christians that won't stay content on the shallow side of the pool, but are ready to jump, jump on a diving board and dive into the deep end of the pool head first because God has some great riches for those that want to move into the deep side of the swimming pool. Peter is moving from the shallows into the deep. You see, there are small fish in the shallows, but the big fish are in the deep waters. And I understand that there's deep sorrow in life, but I'm submitting to you this morning, if you're going through deep shallows and or deep sorrows and deep heartache, there's great rewards and blessings around the corner. 
I agree 100% with our pastor this morning. North Valley Baptist Church has been through a trying season, but I'm excited to tell you, hey, seasons don't last forever. And I believe with all of my heart that this season that we're in today is going to come to an end and God has great rewards and great blessings just like that great catch of fish. This morning, Peter is growing in grace. We not only see a hunger for righteousness and a handy resource and an honest request, we come to verse number 5 and, and yet we see the humanity of Peter because there's a hesitancy to relent. He says, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Now, I chuckle when I think about pastor right here. I love pastor. It's okay for me to talk about him. I'm sure he's he might even be listening right now. Amen. Pastor needs a good fisherman to take him fishing, to hook into a fish. That will change his life right there. And, uh, but uh, I, I see Peter, and he's toiled all the night, and he's taken nothing. And I think about pastor. Maybe he hasn't caught any fish because I can't see him sitting still for more than five minutes. Can you? Amen. And if he's catching a, a stick and a duck, then somebody hasn't taken him fishing that knows how to go fishing. That's the problem right there. But here we see they've taken nothing. Peter now, we have to be reminded, was a professional fisherman. Think about this now. Christ had been a carpenter. He was the carpenter of Nazareth. Peter had done all that he knew to do. He was the experienced fisherman. And yet Jesus shows up and says, hey... I, I want you to do something for me. I want you to launch out and let down your nets. And you see, Peter is hesitant here. It's not a flat-out rebellion to the Lord. Because he says, nevertheless, at thy word. He was just verbalizing what he could see physically around him. It was impossible. But I'm thankful we have a God of the impossible. And by the way, God doesn't move in to do the impossible till it looks impossible. And we're at a scenario now where things are looking impossible. This is not a rebellion to the Word of God. I certainly enjoyed the message from Brother Cooper on Wednesday night on the fear of God. And I actually told him afterwards, I don't analyze preaching. But he got halfway through that message and I thought, when are you going to bring, are you going to bring this thing home to the, the local church? Because a lot of times we get so focused on the problems everywhere else. Judgment needs to begin at the house of God. I was so grateful that Brother Cooper did that Wednesday night with the message. But I'm reminded that in 2021, today we treat the word of God like the word of man. And we treat the word of man like the word of God. And we do that oftentimes because we lack a holy fear and reverence of the word of God. You see, God expects you and I to be individually obedient to the Word of God. We will stand someday and give an account for our labor and what we've accomplished for the Lord according to our obedience. And Peter is going to give an account here for whether or not he's obedient to the Lord. I'm so thankful he chose obedience. And all through the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, we see examples of people who had to be obedient. And if we'll be obedient, you'll see the blessing. Obedience has always been the key to the blessings of God. And I'm reminded this morning of Numbers chapter 27. Without Numbers chapter 27, we wouldn't have the promised land and we wouldn't have the crossing of the Jordan and we wouldn't have the claiming of the promised land. And in Numbers 27, Moses goes to God and he's obedient to God and Joshua is obedient to God. And Numbers chapter 27 and verse 20, and I love how the Bible unfolds for us. It says that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. 
You see, you and I will never see the full blessings of God poured out upon our lives until you and I learn how to follow the instructions of the Word of God. And Peter here says, nevertheless, verse 5, at thy word I will let down the net. You can mark it down when you're obedient to God. When it looks impossible, God will always come through. We come to verse number 6 and we see a high reward. You see, there are some things that only God can do. Peter could lend Jesus the boat. Peter could launch out into the deep. Peter could even let down the net, but only Jesus could bring the fish in. Amen. Hey, listen, Jesus didn't need a fish finder. He brought that school of fish right into the net. And I'm telling you what, what a joy it must have been. Jesus, my friend, this morning, he knows about marriages more than you and I or any psychologist. If your marriage is struggling today, hey, come to the Word of God and get some counsel. I'm simply saying this morning, if you're struggling financially, I, took with, I spoke with a politician here just the other day, and he said, you know, I've done well financially, but he said, I can tell you when I was a young boy, I didn't go to a, a, a strong church, man, the wind is blowing, it just blew my sermon all over the place. He said, uh, I, uh, I, I didn't know... Uh, a whole lot about finances, he said, but I, studied, I started studying the book of Proverbs. And he said, I started going through and marking every time the book of Proverbs talked about finances. And he said, you know, I started putting to practice what I learned from that study. And he said, God has blessed me abundantly financially because I've been obedient to the word of God. And I'm simply saying this morning, maybe you're here and your problems and your struggles are financial struggles. God can meet those needs. God can fix that heartache and those problems if you'll study God's word and be obedient to what the Bible uh, teaches this morning. Not only can God mend broken marriages, not only can God help you with your finances. Hey friend, the Bible is so rich, it can tell you how to raise your family, amen? I'm reminded this morning that Jesus is the great physician. He can help you with your health needs and your trials. What a friend we have in Jesus. Jesus knows how to mend a broken heart. He knows how to do ministry better than you and I too. Jesus knows more about COVID. He knows more about COVID than the media or the governor or the CDC. And Peter was willing to give his resources to God and now God is repaying him for his investment in the Lord's work. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. You see, man withholds. Withhold not good to whom it is due, and it's the power of thine hand to do it, Proverbs 3.27. You see, if we will exercise faith, even faith like the grain of a mustard seed. Listen carefully. Jesus told Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets, plural, for a drop. Peter said, look, we've toiled all the night and we've taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And he lets down a net singular. And yet God blesses that faith that he expresses and exercises in the Lord. I'm so glad that Jesus never fails. Amen. As Brother Martinez just saying, though I failed the Lord, he has never failed me. What a powerful thought. Man, I love that song, Since Jesus Passed By. Oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. And Jesus is making the difference now. And this morning, we see a helpful result in verse 7. Now, Peter, he's got his net breaking and he's beckoning to the other ships around him saying, Hey, come and help us out. He's doing everything he can physically toiling now. 
you know, to, to bring in this haul of fish. And now he's trying to get the other guys involved and he's trying to get to the shoreline and he can't do that because all of this is taking place. And may I say to you this morning that Peter's influence is growing and because of his obedience to God and the blessings that God is pouring out on him, it's now going to be poured out upon his family and his friends. And when you make a decision to follow Christ and you make a decision to be obedient to the Word of God, the blessings of God are overflowing and your influence begins to grow as, as uh, those around. And I thank God for the influence of North Valley Baptist Church as this church now for 46 years has simply been serving God the Bible way. Amen. A church that's not given to change, that still wants to ask for the old paths and serve the Lord in this day and in this hour. And yet we see, I'm reminded of the story of the woman at the well, a lady who obeyed the Lord, and yet the entire city within a few days was reached because of her influence. Never underestimate, never underestimate the power of your influence when you choose to obey the Word of God. Oftentimes we think, well, it's my life. And yet we don't recognize the importance of yielding ourselves to the Lord and being obedient because of the lives of those who are around us. Hey, Jonah uh, was disobedient and ran from the, the Lord. And, and in that vessel, the men were on there trying to figure out what was going on. And now their world is all messed up because of the, the fact that Jonah was disobedient. And how you and I can have an influence and an impact on our loved ones and friends and family. We come to verse number 8 and we see a humble response. Peter falls on his knees. Look with me if you would. And Simon Peter saw it saying, Depart from me for I am a sinful man. O Lord, what a humble response. You see, it was the goodness of God that led Peter to repentance. And if you're here this morning and you're telling yourself that you're not a sinner, I'm telling you this morning, the Bible says you're lying. The Bible says if we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar. I'm simply saying this morning, if we'll confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm thankful this morning that if you will come to Christ and confess your sin, He will receive you right where you are. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know for sure heaven is your home. I'm simply telling you this morning, you can accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and come to know Him today. Maybe you're here this morning as a born-again child of God and there's some sin perhaps that needs to be confessed. We need to be confessing sin every day. And I'm afraid too often in 2021, we become professional at confessing everybody else's sin publicly but we're failures at confessing our own sin privately. And Peter was willing to publicly say, Lord, I am a sinful man. Peter's humble response, wow, is very powerful. And that moves us into verse 10. We see a heavenly responsibility as Jesus said, Hey, Peter, from henceforth, thou shalt catch men. Now, I want you to think about the symbolism here for just a moment. This is where the meat of the message is. I've kind of moved through the message to get to this point right here. Peter let down the net. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 47, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a net cast into a sea that gathers of every kind. Peter Peter's going to be used to preach Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and 3,000 souls are going to be saved. 
Peter's going to go to the house of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 and God is going to open the door of the gospel to the Gentiles. And if you're not a Jew this morning and born again, then you and I are a Gentile this morning. I'm simply saying the text that we're reading about right here has affected most of us here today. I'm thankful that Peter was obedient to God and Jesus is teaching Peter a powerful lesson. Peter, listen, it's not about the fishing industry. Peter, it's about the ministry. Peter, it's not about your needs physically. Peter, it's about what I want to do through your life. Peter, there's some lessons I'm trying to teach you this morning. If you'll be an empty vessel, I'll fill your vessel. Hey, Peter, there's a world out there of people that are dying, lost souls without the Lord Jesus Christ. And Peter, I want to use your life to reach the multitudes. And I'm reminded this morning, North Valley Baptist Church, well, I'm so grateful for every ministry that God has given this place. There is a world of nearly 8 billion people. Most of them are lost souls who have never heard the name of Jesus for the first time, let alone to know that He's coming again someday. And God wants you and I this morning to recognize that the ground at the level, the, 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 the level, uh, the, the ground at the, at the cross is level. As Peter says in Acts chapter 10 and verse 34, I perceive a truth that God is no respecter of persons. And Jesus tells him in Acts 1.8, the, the resurrected Christ, listen, I'm going to ascend. And he said, listen, after you receive the Holy Ghost, you're going to be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And Peter learned these life lessons. This school of fish has taken him to school. And he's learned some important life lessons. It doesn't matter what you own in this life. What matters is the harvest. It doesn't matter so much all of the, uh, the extra excesses. What matters is the influence we have to reach a lost world and utilizing every resource we can to reach the lost. And Peter becomes one of the great leaders of the early church. He learned so many lessons as we see in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 10. And you read 1st and 2nd Peter and 2nd Peter, 1st Peter 5 1. He said, Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight, not by constraint, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Peter learned so many lessons that day as Jesus there told him to launch out in the deep and, and let down his net. So I asked the question. Are there areas of your life this morning as we look at the Word of God that we need to change? I heard about a captain who was in deep fog one early morning. Maybe you've heard the story. Actually, it was a late night. And he saw the faintness of a light off in the distance, and I'm sure you've heard this illustration. And he sent out a signal from the signalman, Alter your course 10 degrees north. The captain was concerned about that light and what ship was out there, the other vessels. And off in the distance came another signal that came back and it said, Alter your course uh, 10 degrees. He said north and they said south. And the captain got frustrated and he said, Alter your course 10 degrees. And he said, I'm a captain. And they signaled back and said, alter your course 10 degrees the other direction. I'm Seaman Class Jones, third class. The captain got upset and he signaled back in the fog and said, hey, alter your course. I'm a captain. 
And third class Jones signaled back, I'm a lighthouse. This morning, God's word is to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And may God help us not take what is sacred and make it secular. And may God save us from being filled with self instead of filled with our Savior. A good holy dose of the fear of God shows up in our commitment to walking according to the Word of God. This morning I ask this question. Do you need to alter some things in your life today? Have you trusted Christ as your Savior and made Him your only hope of heaven? He's the only way. Have you made the decision to follow in believers' baptism? Have you chosen to join the church this morning? Are you faithful to the services? Have you surrendered your life to live for God and serve the Lord? When Peter came in contact with Jesus, everything changed. And I love that song. Oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. We come to that last verse and he forsook all. He forsook all and followed him. That's a powerful thought. We see a hasty reply. Peter doesn't argue or hesitate the second time why he's learned to do things God's way because God's way is always best. This morning, will you choose to follow the Lord and do things His way? Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.